Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. It's mid-February now. Can you believe that? I feel like February has accidentally turned into Executive Presence Month around here. It wasn't entirely intentional, but it seems to be like a hot topic right now. Maybe in the future, we'll do themed months. We'd love to know what you think about that idea. Drop me a DM, as always, wherever you are, wherever I am, that you can connect with me. I love hearing from all of you listeners. Now, before we dive into today's Executive Presence themed session... I want to just give you a heads up of an important workshop we've got coming to you in early March. I'm running my Creating Action from Strategy workshop along with my team, where we can be helping you deliver faster and more effectively as a leader. It's everything leaders need to do to turn a great strategy into great results, because all too often strategies just die a quiet, slow death. You wake up one day and think, what happened to that initiative we were supposed to be working on six months ago? (laughs) And nobody's heard about it for a while that isn't good for us. It isn't good for our team, their team morale, and it definitely isn't good for our careers. But very few leaders actually know how to turn a great strategy into long-term change that creates results. And that's what I'm going to be digging into. It's a half-day workshop on Monday, March 7th. Places are limited. And I will tell you that my clients get first come, first serve on this. And so... If that sounds good to you, head over to tonycollis.com forward slash creating action to find out all the details and get yourself signed up for Spots Go. Have you done that yet? If not, stop, go over, do that, come back, listen. You done it? Great. <laughs> Let's dig into today's episode. Why am I talking about the relationship between executive presence, burnout and strategy today, you might think? Well, I want to help you understand why as a leader, you can't just be good at one thing, but you need many, or at least you need the awareness of many, including your weak spots. And two of the essential non-negotiable traits of a great high-performing leader are executive presence and strategy. These aren't traits you can delegate to others. Tactics, project management, technical knowledge, those can all be delegated provided you know where your weak spot lies. But strategy and executive presence, if you want to be a high-flying leader, that's all on you, my love. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. start today with an example. I was actually driving to Ikea this morning with my husband. We're buying new bookcases for my office and something interesting happened and I I mentioned it to my husband and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to actually talk about this on today's podcast episode. It's a great analogy for what I'm trying to get at. So bookcases aside, my, my office is getting a little bit of a makeover and not the bit you get to see on camera, the bit behind the camera that's been a bit of a hot mess for a while. <laughs> Finally getting all those bookcases in there. So I no longer have stacks of books on my desk, which has been a thing for a while. I'm like, I need quick access to these. There's not been a quick access bookshelf in my office since I moved in here like 18 months ago now. But all that aside, there was some interesting behavior on the road this morning. Should we, should we start with that, shall we? <laughs> Now, this will make more sense to you if you drive a stick. If you have any ever driven an automatic car, this might make a little bit less sense, but stick with me. So we were following this car that was holding itself on the clutch at every single junction, every single red light, of which there were many. (laughs) 
every stop equivalent of a stop sign. We don't have stop signs here in the UK, but you kind of get the idea. You can tell they're doing it because the car goes backwards and forwards a little bit. There's this tension. There's a lot of revs going on. All this noise, right? It was actually painful to listen to. Now, here's the executive presence part of this. This is why I'm stick with me here. <laughs> if you have great awareness, which, by the way, one of the most important pieces of executive presence is awareness in all its forms. It's one of the reasons it's one of my three pillars in the lit up leadership model is awareness, whether it's self-awareness or external awareness, awareness. So incredibly important. But if you had that great awareness, you would know as the individual driving that car that you were causing the car work and in particular the clutch, excessive work that was unnecessary. Burnt out clutches are an expensive but far too common problem with cars. I think that applies to automatic cars as well. I'm not actually sure about that. If you have good awareness, this should be very obvious to you. It should make you realize that you are going to hit more traffic lights, that the traffic lights aren't changing anytime soon, and therefore holding the car on the clutch is a waste of precious resources, fuel, and everything else. It's just not a good idea, but it takes awareness, which something most humans don't apply rationally very often. Now, this is the problem. Most of us think we're above average on applying our, our awareness, and that can't possibly be true. If we all think we're above average, there's something wrong there, right? <laughs> now, secondly, it's about strategy. Now, if you think strategically, you hopefully have a people strategy. It might be quite simple, but you have a people strategy. You're thinking long-term, not just next week, not just tomorrow, not just tactical. Like, I've got somebody who can do some work. What should I put them on? That's tactical. If you think, oh my gosh, I don't want them to be idle. What can I just put them on? That is very tactical. Strategic thinkers would look around and think, well, I don't actually need to use this resource right now, this person. There is a more efficient way to solve this problem than this particular person. And if I allow that person, that clutch to rest, it, they are going to last longer. And this is the connection between your executive presence and your ability to think strategically and burnout. Because think for a second, your team's freed up. They've got some time available and you immediately get them to jump onto the next task on your to-do list, even though you have an item on your to-do list to reassess whether that item is even needed. You just move them along and pile the pressure on to get it done, get it done, get it done. It's something we've all done. We're all guilty of this, by the way. I find myself guilty of this too. It's often how we've got to the stage we are in our career. We just do more and there comes a point where we realize that means our teams just do more. We just always execute, always, always, always. Tactical gets us a very long way. But two things are missing here. You aren't hearing the strain from your team, that constantly burning clutch that will burn out if you do not give it a rest. And you aren't actually thinking strategically, such as if I save my team right now, they will be around for longer. They are less likely to burn out. They are more likely to be loyal. They will be doing work that is best designed for them. They'll be working their zone of genius rather than their zones of drudgery or distraction. Changing gear instead of doubling up for the job of the brake pedal. After all, if you've got somebody whose donor genius is applying the brake, get them to do it rather than the clutch to do it where their donor genius is not applying the brake. And funnily enough, it isn't just about other people's burnout that this can cause. If we return to the car analogy, what happens when your car breaks down? It's stressful, right? Like, of course it is. It piles on the pressure in what is already likely a high-pressured life because most of us live that way. It's one more thing to fix and work around while you're waiting to get it fixed not to mention the money costs involved. 
Ultimately, taking the short term, I cannot be bothered to put the brake on, costs you more money and hassle, and you can lead to personal burnout. The same applies in the work situation. If your team are working hard without let up, without you realizing that you are pushing them so hard, you can end up with them leaving or taking sick leave. Either way, that is strain on your overall team, sometimes creating a cascade of further sickness and increased team turnover because they're burning out because people have been leaving. And then there is the cost of finding the new talent, hiring them, getting them up to speed, realizing that knowledge may have been lost. All that adds to your burdens and ultimately can lead to you burning out too. So this isn't just about your team burning out, this is about your personal burnout. And just to return to the con, one of the things that many of us do, and we've certainly done this in my house, we decided a few years ago that we were going to buy brand new cars, actually lease brand new cars, we don't actually own a car anymore, <laughs> I don't think everybody's doing that now, we, you know, we weren't going to have an older car that needed a lot of maintenance, we wanted a new car that we'd keep for a few years and replace it to relieve the pressure and the stress and the likelihood of us having to deal with burnt out clutches. Now, what that does if you're not careful, is you are using money to compensate for bad driving. (laughs) Now, I obviously with the car analogy, cars also do just get old, right? But if you drive badly, it deteriorates faster. And so what you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to throw money at the problem to make it go away. In the workplace, that's very uncompetitive. You are never going to thrive as a company if you just throw money at problems to make them go away instead of actually solving the problem. So you actually need to think like, what can we do to actually solve the problems? Simply taking the longer term strategic view to go a little slower and put the brake on can avoid so much angst and burnout further down the line. And yet you'd be surprised how few people are actually able to be this strategic. Many of us will say, I'm a strategic thinker. And yet, how many people do you know who would genuinely do take that longer view, who weigh up many considerations, create a strategic plan, and then execute on it? Now, here's the icing on the cake. If you are a strategic, executive presence-driven leader, your life is just going to be easier. (laughs) Many people wonder why high performers on average have better work-life balance. They sleep more, they take more time off, they take more vacation, they don't work weekends. And sure, there is a correlation, but the question becomes, what's cause and what's effect? I'm a scientist, I like to understand that. Well, it's very complex. Having coached many women, I've I've begun to understand there is a very complex relationship between this high performance and actually having a lot of personal time. There is a positive feedback loop going on here. So it's not one or the other, because as you now know, if you're more socially aware and thinking more strategically, you are likely to have fewer issues, fewer fires to put out and much, much more. When I start working with any new client, we often dig into learning how to triage all the daily fires they have. Because if you're an executive, you have them, right? (laughs) We all do. But always, always, my ultimate objective, once we've put in place processes and practices to cope with that current fire workload, my goal is to reduce and ultimately get those daily fires down to near zero. I'm not saying you can get them to actual zero because unexpected things do happen, but they can be massively reduced in number by being more strategic and more aware. And it takes time to get to this point. But as you reduce the fires, several things happen. Firstly, you are less frazzled. So you think more clearly and you can see things more strategically. You anticipate more and your self-awareness heightens. You can then reduce even more of the unexpected fires because you're anticipating more. 
Secondly, you have more time because there are fewer fires going on that you and your team have to deal with it, take you away from the whirlwind of day-to-day work. Fewer things are causing an emotional drain on you and your team. Fewer emergencies and just generally more smooth operations create a calmer, more productive workplace, which also means you have time to focus on thinking strategically and achieving the big wins that really make the difference to you, your team, and your organization. Suddenly, you find yourself being one of those few high achievers, and you find everything runs so smoothly that you are genuinely able to take time off without things falling apart. You can put down your phone all weekend long, and life is not going to go wrong. Now, there's a lot of caveats to that. Like, I've just painted you a picture that takes months, sometimes even years to get to. If that does sound too good to be true, then I want you to hear this. It isn't. I've achieved this with many of my clients. I'll admit not all of them, but some of them, it's definitely a work in progress right now. But ultimately, everyone who's worked with me for long enough, and that's the caveat there, for long enough. Sometimes our clients just work with me for six months. Many of my clients continue beyond that because there's still work to be done. And that's amazing. I love working with people for a long time. But you have to get uncomfortable. You've got to push yourself out of that operation comfort zone. And you have to do the work to get there. It's hard to change the way you think after years and years of hustle, getting your results. The problem is you'll never become the high achiever you want to be and that you dream of being and creating that impact that you really want to create if you don't make the effort to go there. So what can you do? If this all sounds great to you in theory, but you're thinking, oh gosh, now what? How do I even start understanding where my executive presence and strategy is either strong or weak? I think I'm doing okay, or I know I'm terrible, but I don't know what to do. What do you do? Okay, here's the place to start. Have a good, hard, long look at how long-term you really genuinely think. When you have some spare time, and I know you might be thinking, I don't have spare time, or your team is taking on all the slack, I want you to have a long, hard think about What is actually going on? Here's the place to start. Have a good, hard, long look at how long-term you think. When you have some spare time or your team is asking for what next, how long-term do you actually think? How do you fill your spare time? How do you fill your team's to-do list? Do you just go to the top of the to-do list and go for that next item? Do you consider zones of genius, including yours and your team's? Do you refer to the strategic plan and roadmap? Here's another great question. Do you actually think beyond the next sprint or two? Unless, of course, you're actually doing the road mapping, KPI setting or strategy meetings. Do you take time by yourself without being driven by your boss or your peers to think beyond what's next on my to-do list? If the answer is no, then you aren't thinking strategically enough. And then let's consider the executive presence piece and in particular awareness, because that's been a large part of what we focused on today. Ask yourself, how often do you pause and think about the impact of your actions on those around you? I'm not saying you need to do it every single day, but how often genuinely do you actually consider the impact of what you do and say on those around you? How often do you pause, slow down and consider and reflect? Here's another great question to ask yourself. Are you thinking about team awareness from the team level or as individuals? As a senior leader, if that's where you are or where you're headed, at least, if you're a senior leader, whether that's where you are or where you're headed, you can't afford to work with each individual one-on-one to make sure they're okay and to make sure you're considering whether they're doing the right work and how happy they are. You need to think bigger than that. In fact, just this last week, I was speaking to one of my clients who is having to step in to do some triage because one of her directors has left. 
And we realize that really, as a VP, she shouldn't be hands-on with the team. Yes, there's a power vacuum because there's a missing director, but she has an entire engineering department to lead and can't be dragged into the minutiae of one or two people. As a VP, her role is to consider the needs of everyone, and that can't be done on an individual basis. Otherwise, she fails at her job. So remember this yourself. As a senior leader, are you using your emotional intelligence and awareness strategically? Do you think about individuals only, or do you think of the group as a whole? Start with those questions around strategy and awareness and see what issues this raises for you. And of course, if you're ready to step up your executive presence, then don't forget you can get instant access to my executive presence training over at tonycollis.com forward slash shop forward slash exec dash presence. Link is in the show notes as always. So it's time to wrap up this episode with a leadership mindset moment. Let's chat about your time. A lot of the work I advocate that you do on this podcast to up-level your leadership does take time, and I know that. And all too often, we don't have enough of our time, right? (laughs) So here's your mindset moment for this week. If you find yourself thinking, I don't have time to think a longer term, or I don't have time to work on my executive presence, or I don't see how spending time on developing my strategic thinking is going to pay off, let me ask you this. Can you afford not to find the time? Remember, just as with taking care of the car, spending a little upfront effort can save so much hassle and ultimately burnout in the longer term. So can you afford not to take the time? That's it for today's episode. Remember, if you are looking to up-level your strategic game this year, then sign up for the Creating Action from Strategy Workshop over at tonicollis.com forward slash creating action. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game, Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.